June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening. There's a lot of news as we come on the air this Friday night. We're going to get to the president firing a key witness in the impeachment probe in just a moment. But we're going to begin with breaking news on the crash that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others. Tonight, federal investigators appear to be ruling out engine failure, failure nearly two weeks after the NBA star's helicopter went down in the rugged hills outside Los Angeles. A preliminary report that is just out includes new details about the final moments of the flight, including the pilot's last words. And it comes as L.A. is preparing to honor the victims beginning this weekend. Chris Van Cleve leads us off. Tonight, it appears the engines were working. That from a new NTSB report citing evidence the rotors were still spinning when Kobe Bryant's helicopter crashed, killing all nine aboard. A witness on a mountain bike trail just 50 feet above the crash site told the NTSB he saw the helicopter emerge from the clouds. It was moving fast and descending. It rolled to the left such that he caught a glimpse of its belly. One to two seconds later, the crash. He took this picture of the burning wreckage. The NTSB's Jennifer Hamandy last week. Do you have a sense if the helicopter came down all in one piece? Preliminary information is that the helicopter was in one piece when it impacted the terrain. A doorbell camera captured the sound of the chopper flying overhead just before the crash. At about the same moment, this newly released image from a security camera was taken. It is now the last known picture of the helicopter as it disappeared into the clouds about two miles from the crash site. 
The NTSB now says the pilot told air traffic controllers he was climbing to 4,000 feet to get above the clouds. He made it to about 2,300 and began a left turn. Eight seconds later, the helicopter began to descend, then plummet. Now, the preliminary report makes no conclusions, Nora. It'll be about a year before the NTSB finishes its investigation. We are learning new details about a public memorial for Kobe Bryant and the other victims in this crash set for the Staples Center, where he played as a Laker February 24th. Nora. All right, Chris, thank you. Also breaking tonight, President Trump is striking back, firing Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, the National Security Council Ukraine expert who testified against him in Congress. And this comes just two days after the president's acquittal in the Senate. And it's raising questions about who's next on the president's list. Paula Reed reports tonight from the White House. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman was escorted out of the White House today, his lawyer said, just hours after President Trump revealed he still holds a grudge against the star impeachment witness. Well, I'm not happy with him. You think I'm supposed to be happy with him? I'm not. In a statement, Vindman's lawyer said the truth has cost Vindman his job, his career, and his privacy. The legal team also said Vindman's twin brother, Yevgeny, a National Security Council lawyer, was also escorted out of the White House today. Vindman, a Purple Heart recipient and Iraq War veteran, is still on active duty and was assigned to the NSC. He was due to leave this July. Do you swear or In November, he testified about, about listening in on the call where Mr. Trump asked the president of Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden and his son. It was improper for the president to request and to demand an investigation into a political opponent. opponent. Vinman will now return to the Pentagon for reassignment. And Defense Secretary Mark Esper said he will be welcomed back. We protect all of our persons, uh, service members from, from retribution or anything, anything like that. For months, the White House has insisted that it wants to downsize the National Security Council. Tonight, President Trump ignored questions about whether Vindman's ouster is meant to send a message to those who testify against him. Nora. All right, Paula, thank you. A week of violent weather isn't over yet. Tonight, heavy snow is expected in upstate New York and northern New England. More than 30 tornadoes have been reported in recent days, and there were two more tornadoes today in Maryland and Delaware. At least five people are dead in four states. Jeff Begay shows us the destruction. Here's the moment when an apparent tornado rips apart a building in Boyd's, Maryland. That's a training school for dogs that help wounded warriors. This driver dodged death as the wind drove a tree branch through the windshield right into the passenger seat. Ooh, literally in a tornado. Two apparent tornadoes were reported in Maryland. There were no injuries, but some significant damage, with homes destroyed and trees ripped from the ground. These large pine trees that have probably been here for years just fell down like they were toothpicks. Residents aren't sure what hit them. It didn't last long. I mean, it was only like 10 or 15 seconds, it was gone. It just had a whistle to it. It wouldn't last long. As soon as I heard it, the roof came off. Today, Georgia assessed the aftermath of a storm that ripped apart houses and flooded neighborhoods. The path of destruction continued north, with winds ripping the roof off Warwick High School in central Pennsylvania. And over a foot of snow in upstate New York and New England. The storm is making for a messy start to the weekend commute. 
Back on this family farm in Maryland, the winds are picking up once again, and you can already see the damage behind me. This happened earlier in just a matter of seconds when that storm moved through here, bringing those high-powered winds. That right there, that was a shed, but as you can see, it has been totally destroyed. Nora. All right, Jeff, thank you. Tonight, the death toll from that new virus has jumped to more than 700. Nearly all were in China. Hundreds more Americans are out of the outbreak zone and under quarantine tonight. One group arrived in San Antonio, Texas today, where they will spend two weeks under medical observation. Another group is headed to Nebraska. Ramey and Asensio now on the drastic steps being taken to keep the virus from spreading here in the U.S. Tonight, there are more than 800 Americans under quarantine right here in the United States. Just hours ago, the final evacuation flights landed here from Wuhan, China. In San Antonio, officials greeted them in protective suits. While in Bayonne, New Jersey, four passengers with flu-like symptoms were taken off a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. They're now being tested at a local hospital. But it's this cruise ship, the Diamond Princess, now docked in Yokohama, Japan, with startling numbers tonight. It now has the highest number of coronavirus cases outside China. 11 Americans from the ship have the illness, up from just one diagnosed earlier this week. They're among the 61 cases transferred to a mainland hospital for treatment. A lot of people ask if I'm nervous or scared. We're not. Uh, maybe ignorance is bliss, but we are fine, we're safe. Jerry Jorgensen and her fellow passengers face 11 more days confined to their cabins. I mean, this happened in China and it's spreading globally, which is just crazy to us. And tonight in China, new research suggests the pangolin, an endangered mammal whose scales are highly valued in Chinese medicine, may have passed the virus to humans. And cruise lines are now clamping down even harder on passengers as those coronavirus infections rise. Royal Caribbean and Norwegian are now banning all passport holders from China, Hong Kong and Macau until further notice. Nora. All right, Ramey, thank you. We turn now to America Decides. A new poll shows Bernie Sanders and Pete Buttigieg leading the pack in New Hampshire in the run-up to tonight's crucial Democratic debate, the last before Tuesday's primary. The same poll has Joe Biden falling behind, and supporters say he needs a strong performance tonight to stay competitive. Ed O'Keefe reports tonight from Manchester. At a breakfast event this morning, frontrunner Bernie Sanders served up fresh attacks on Pete Buttigieg, who polls show is closing in on him. I like Pete Buttigieg, nice guy. But we are in a moment where billionaires control not only our economy, but our political life. Sanders, who has millions of mostly small dollar donors, criticized Buttigieg for accepting money from 40 billionaires and their spouses who are among more than 700,000 donors to his campaign. Buttigieg defended really his fundraising last night. And I will make exactly one promise to anybody, whether they're giving three bucks online or, or, or the maximum allowable by law. And the promise is, I'm going to take that contribution and I'm going to use it to build the campaign that's going to defeat Donald Trump. Sanders also had words for Mike Bloomberg, who isn't competing in the early states, but is gaining ground thanks to thousands of television ads. He is spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to buy the election. There is something wrong with that. It's notable who Sanders didn't mention, Senator Elizabeth Warren and former Vice President Joe Biden. After Biden's fourth place finish in Iowa, he's shaking up his senior staff. Supporters and donors are worried a poor showing in Tuesday's primary could doom his campaign. I'm not going anywhere. 
And so, Ed, on Biden, what's behind that campaign shakeup? Well, Nora Biden and his team know they need to turn things around. As one top donor told me this week, he needs to make changes, and he needs to make them quickly. And we're told the changes begin tonight. After two days off the campaign trail back in Delaware preparing for the debate, aides say Biden will target Buttigieg over his youth and lack of national experience. Nora. All right, Ed, thank you. The Labor Department reported a hiring surge today. The U.S. economy added 225,000 jobs last month. Now the biggest gains were in construction. Unemployment ticked up slightly to 3.6 percent. That is still near a 50-year low. Today, a federal judge in Boston handed down the toughest sentence yet in the college admissions scandal. As Carter Evans reports, prosecutors say one parent's actions really stood out among all of those charged. Of all the parents swept up in the college admission scandal, prosecutor St. Douglas Hodge was especially active. For nearly a decade, they say he paid Rick Singer, mastermind of the fraud, $850,000 to get four of his children into Georgetown and USC as phony athletic recruits. And he was wiretapped, allegedly trying to get a fifth child into school. The retired chief executive of investment giant PIMCO begged the judge for leniency, admitting he illegally tipped the scales in favor of my children over others and expressed his deepest and sincerest regret. But Judge Nathaniel Gordon called Hodge's conduct appalling and mind-boggling. He sentenced Hodge to nine months in prison, fined him $750,000, and ordered 500 hours of community service. That same judge will oversee the case of Lori Loughlin, who's charged with even more crimes. Should Lori Loughlin be concerned? Of course. I guarantee you she's freaking out today. Because she's, she's concerned that what happened to Hodge is going to happen to her. Today, the judge said he would have given Hodge a year sentence, but Hodge's $30 million in charity donations over the years earned him a discount on his prison term. He'll report to prison on March 20th. Nora. All right, Carter, thank you. A police sergeant in Waynesboro, Georgia, is being hailed as a hero tonight. Newly released body cam video shows him jumping into action to save a baby who couldn't breathe. Janet Shamlian now with the dramatic rescue and the heartwarming reunion. Where's the baby at? For a parent, a moment of sheer terror. Okay, let me see. With only seconds between life and death, the Collins family finds an angel in Georgia Police Sergeant Harold Drummond. When I looked down at that baby AJ, I looked down into my son's face. I looked down into my grandson's face. His knowledge of two-finger infant CPR would save the life of six-month-old A.J. Sherrod, who's suffering from a respiratory infection. Okay. There you go. That's what we want. He was in the right place at the right time, and he allowed God to use him to help us save the baby. All right. If he can make this sound, he's breathing. For Angel Collins, the what-ifs are unimaginable, and life would be unthinkable without one of her twins. When you hear that baby cry, and you know mm. it's going to be okay. Hold on for a minute. Um, it's hard. It, it, it is hard. Tell the medics we got him breathing. This is what we do, you know, and a lot of people don't realize okay. that we're human also. This is my future partner, you know. Once strangers, <laughs> now connected forever. Janet Shamley and CBS News, Waynesboro, Georgia. 
For the first time since their split from the royal family, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle stepped out together last night in Miami. The couple attended a private event sponsored by the investment bank J.P. Morgan. It's not known if they were paid. In a speech, Harry reportedly spoke about being in therapy for years to help cope with the loss of his mother, Princess Diana. For now, the couple calls Canada home. And now a stunning wreck caught on camera. A truck driver in Turkey apparently ignored flashing warning lights and rolled onto the train tracks. Then disaster struck. Remarkably, the man survived the crash, but his truck was definitely destroyed. So your reaction to last week's Steve Hartman story about a businessman who changed the lives of hundreds of people got us thinking. Was his generous offer a gift or something else? Steve has the answer on the road. As a soon-to-be graduating senior, tuition, room and board, books and fees will be paid for you, and you will go to college for free. Safe to say, no school assembly has ever been more life-altering. So too can one of your parents go to college or trade school for free. It was a multi-generational game changer here at Scott High School in Toledo, Ohio and all courtesy of a wealthy businessman named Pete Cadence, who will spend about $3 million sending these disadvantaged students to college. I ask you only one favor in return. But here's what really stuck with me. Please don't ever use the word gift to describe what I did here today. Why not, I wondered. Certainly, as our story went viral this week, that's the word many people use to describe his offer. What other word could you use? Only use the word responsibility. Over the years, I've done a lot of stories about wealthy people doing good deeds, but I've never heard of one with this catch. Don't say Pete gave you a gift, say he fulfilled his responsibility. Because gift implies he had a choice, whereas responsibility implies obligation. Pete Cadence also grew up in Toledo but he attended a much wealthier school where college was expected. He worked hard and started three different companies. For that reason, Pete could easily claim to be a self-made man, but that's not how he framed it in his speech. What became of my life was as much a factor of the inequities that exist in our society today as it was my skills, my talents, and my work ethic. In other words, Pete says he didn't win at life fair and square. He says many successful people don't. The competitive set, the people I compete with, were a lot smaller than it otherwise could be if everyone got the same, same level of education. And Martin Luther King always said, history has a long and sordid path of people and groups with privilege protecting their privilege. Well, I'm done protecting my privilege. Pete Cadence changed many lives that day. Now he's hoping to change mindsets, too. And I hope others share in my responsibility in Toledo and around the world. Thank you. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Toledo, Ohio. Monday on the CBS Evening News, they're cutting the strings of opioid addiction and learning a new trade, making musical instruments. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. Have a great weekend. Good night.
Always on the go? Now you can take CBS Mornings with you. Wake up to your daily dose of news and interviews with today's leading figures in politics, business, and entertainment in the CBS Mornings On The Go podcast. Available every weekday wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls. What are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to The Weekly Show with Jon Stewart wherever you get your podcasts.